Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the fighter versus the writer. I'm your host as always, Damon Martin. He is the man with the most knockouts in UFC history. He is Matt Brown. Matt, what's going on in this fine? We're recording this on Memorial Day, but we're still here for everybody talking MMA. Even on a holiday, we don't go away. Yeah, I never go away, bro. I'm staying on the grind <laughs> 24-7, man. But I got a little barbecue to go to later. But that's why we're here, man. Before the barbecue. If I talk to me after, I'm going to be lazy and ready to go to sleep. <laughs> Are you now barbecue? Are you like a burger guy, a ribs guy? Like, what's your barbecue? Like, what's your what's your meal of choice at a barbecue? Mm, depends on who's doing the barbecue, right? If they know how to cook right, like I want some steak or some ribs. Otherwise, like anybody can do a burger, right? So yeah, dude, I yeah, depends, depends on the skill level. I remember growing up at all of our family barbecues like it was without fail we had the driest food ever like we never had like really good moistly it was always like the driest ass burgers the driest ass steaks it was the worst yep that's what i say it comes down to the skill level bro i've had some bad ones i've cooked some bad ones but i actually sold my barbecue i don't even have one this year but it's like i don't know everybody wants to do all that fucking work i'm like dude i'll come to your barbecue you do the fucking work i'm just gonna eat the food yeah i like there's certainly you could obviously you can barbecue year round like i understand that like all that but like dude we get such crappy winter here in ohio like it's kind of like if i owned a house like getting a pool i'd be like i can only use a pool like three months a year like you know if i lived in like arizona or california like that would be a good place for a pool but out here, you like, oh, you can use it from like June to August, and that's it. Like, that's kind of like how I feel like if I bought like a big Traeger grill or something, like it'd be cool, but like it's snowed and just, you know, it's 12 degrees outside in November. Do you really want to be outside yeah, like grilling? Yeah. Like, I, that, I, maybe I'm just like a wuss, but like, I'm like, do I really want to be standing outside cooking steaks in 12 degree weather in, in Ohio, you know? I feel it, man. That's what that's the only thing that sucks about having a motorcycle here. <laughs> like, I, I put like, you know, a few thousand miles a year on it, bro. It's like, God damn, like, why even have this thing, man? I think about selling it all the time, but I, you know, there's times when you get it out, you love it and it's worth all, all the time, you know? You know my you know my love, how much I want a Harley. Like I want one so bad, but I can't justify it here. I just can't. Like the money I'd put it's into hard, it, yeah. I'd never get to use it. Like I just never get to. Like I have a garage and everything. Like I have a good place to store it, but I just, dude, I get to drive it like three months a year, four months a year. And and because here we get rain too. So it's like, you can't really, you know, like you're not really wanting to go out when it's freaking pouring down rain either. And that's like April and May. And then like, you have, you have like yeah. June to September where you can drive it in like fairly comfortable weather. Yeah. It's either too hot or too cold most of the time. Right. But I used to have all the gear. I kind of sold it all. Cause 
it's just too much work. But I used to have rain gear. I used to have heated gloves, heated boots, like the jacket. Like I would ride until it was about 40 degrees outside. And it, it just, it turns into too much. It's like, is it really worth all this work so I can get on this thing? It's like, <laughs> get in the fucking car and turn the heater on. <laughs> like, be comfortable, man. <laughs> so, you know, but I'll still do a couple rides a year, like, uh, you know, with some charity groups and stuff and just go hang out and, you know, you got to put on the gear and stuff. But like I said, 90% of the time, 99% of the time, it's either too hot or too cold. Cause you know, in the summertime, it seems like it's a great time to ride, but it's so goddamn hot. It's like, now it's not enjoyable then. Cause you know, when you stop, you're sitting out in the sun, you're getting a uh, wind burn, sunburn. And yeah, you need to be in like Hawaii or something for that shit. That's true. That's totally true. So uh, obviously we are in a bit of a down period of MMA right now. Last weekend, there wasn't any big fights. Uh, this weekend, we got a UFC event. But what is actually happening is tomorrow is the start of the Ultimate Fighter Season 31. Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler are going to be coaching on the show, and I thought it'd be a good time. We've done this podcast for so long. We rarely ever talk about the Ultimate Fighter because I don't know a lot of people talk about the Ultimate Fighter anymore. Matt, let's be honest about it. But you, you actually served on a day when people did care about the Ultimate Fighter, which was <laughs> how you got your start in the UFC. Uh, do you? I, I know you don't, but like I assume you don't like tune in. Like, oh man, I got to watch the new Ultimate Fighter. I have not watched an Ultimate Fighter season since I left Fox when I was like their Ultimate Fighter guy. So I would like fly out and do all the fighter interviews and everything. And since I left there, I've not watched a single episode of the ultimate i've not watched a single second of the ultimate fighter i'm not sure i have either since my own season <laughs> I, I never really watched it that much but uh that maybe the first couple of seasons right because like you know it was fresh and new but man 31 seasons huh that's crazy and i was on season eight like <laughs> that's just crazy to put together in my head man yeah, it is wild when you think about it. like all, and that's and don't forget like they took off time like this one didn't like they've yeah. taken off like between Fox and ESPN and everything like they took off like a year and a half here and there so like this isn't like thirty one seasons in a row like they've actually taken time off so it's kind of crazy that they are at third now granted they've done multiple seasons in a year before so uh, obviously it's not like thirty one years but uh, yeah it is kind of crazy to think they're at Ultimate Fighter thirty one and uh, you know everyone's like everyone's all buzzing it's Connor and it's Con like yeah but you know I just I don't know man like I just like it was the ultimate fighter was fun for about 10 seasons and we mm -hmm. got up to like when they had that season with Kimbo and Roy Nelson and all of them like that was fun that's I think that's kind of like the last time that like I really care like truly cared I like when they did the women's season to crown the strawweight champion that was okay but like I just I don't know man the ultimate fighter it feels like you know they just like the concept died after like 10 seasons to me like it just kind of got stale and old and you know, at that point, you just kind of expect, you know, it's coming. People are going to pull stupid pranks and someone's yeah. going to get into a f drunk and get into a fight at the house. And then, you know, there's going to be a couple of fights and somebody's going to get in the UFC. And the other thing is, like, remember back in season one, they made a huge deal about you win the ultimate fighter, you get this six figure contract and you join the UFC roster. And so everyone was watching Diego and Kenny Florian and Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner. And like, man, this is a huge deal. And then like everybody from the show got signed. So it's not like, like, no, like everyone came. So they, the, like the whole point of the show, like when you get to the UFC, if you win and then like of the, of the 16 fighters, like 13 of them got in the UFC. So it's like, well, and the, the other point of the show was like to build the, uh, the the personalities right and and show you know that these guys are real people and right kind of uh i don't know how would you say that right that's kind of what they were doing right they wanted to show the personalities and you know market these guys to before they kind of got in the ufc 
and then it kind of turned into like there's so many guys uh you know so many seasons and everything and i think people kind of don't really care so much about the actual fighters and, and you know they're not showing the training they're showing the, the behind the scenes you know getting drunk and playing pranks all that stuff so everybody kind of starts not caring about that and then it became about the coaches fighting each other yeah and the drama you know between the coaches especially like with connor coming in uh against yeah i think it was uriah Faber was coaching against him out one season right like that that was kind of they changed the whole model i think is what it felt like to me and like i don't i'm not gonna watch a show just to watch two guys bicker like they're not fighting <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah so it's like and they're not showing the training so I get why people would watch it. You know, it's, I'm I'm not dissing anyone that would watch it, but it's definitely not my thing either at all. Yeah. Do you? What was it? Because it's changed over the years. Like when you when you were on the show, was it like a tryout? Is that how you got on, or was it just like you submitted a tape, or how did you? Because I don't remember. Like because now they hold tryouts. Like they actually have people come out and they do a big room of you know 100 people and they whittle it down and you go through like a casting process. I don't know what was it like during because you were in like again you were in one of the earlier seasons. Like what was how did you get on the show? Um, yeah, so we had a tryout. So I was living in New York City at the time, and they had the um, tryouts over in Newark. So I just took the day off work, went over to the tryouts. I didn't even really know what to expect, but showed up with some gear and stuff. So they had us grapple. Um, I think it was just like randomly chosen people. There were something like 300 people there, you know, tons of people I knew and everything. And they had us grapple with someone for like two minutes or maybe even like 30 seconds or something, basically just to show like, okay, you know what you're doing. And then they had had us hit pads with someone like they had a couple coaches that were just there just to hold pads, you know, and again, that, that whole part was just to kind of show that you're not a complete idiot and <laughs> you know, you can move on. Right. And then they did. So they whittled out a bunch of people on that. And then uh, we did the interviews uh, base, like the basic interviews, you know, and, and Dana was there. And then, um, the way that process worked was they would contact you a few weeks later or whatever. And I was absolutely blown away that I got contacted a few weeks later. I had no idea that, you know, this was an actual possibility for me. <laughs> they bring out to Vegas and then they do an interview with the producer, Craig Pillagen. And that interview was actually pretty interesting. So what he, what he does is they kind of like try to get under your skin and see <laughs> what, you know, what kind of temperament you have and, you know, what you're going to, how you're going to respond to everything. And, and he was kind of messing with me and he was like, He's like, you look like the kind of guy that's going to, you know, leave because your girlfriend or something. And I, what I told him was, I said, look, I have a girlfriend. And what I'm going to tell you right now is if you get me on this show, you can have her. You can have sex with her, do whatever you want with her. <laughs> and uh, he told me that was a line that got him, got me on the show, actually. Really? You know, yeah. He said that was the one. He was like, dude, you're a real motherfucker. I like you. Um so anyway, so yeah, they do that whole process. And then we go back to Vegas, I think, you know, another four or five weeks later, do all the drug testing, medical testing, and each step of the process, there's more and more people getting whittled away. So my season, we had the, it was the first season where there was 32 people brought out, right? And they kind of surprised us, so to speak. They didn't totally surprise us because they kept saying, you better be on weight when you get here. So we kind of had the idea where it's like, okay, we're probably fighting like right away. Um, but anyway, so yeah you know we had to fight that day to get on the show and that was the final step of the process wow that's, yeah that's crazy. yeah i i, I kind of miss that like they don't do it they, they did i know they've done it a few times but like they stopped having it where you have to like fight your way on the show because i think yeah 
sometimes they want to get like because you, you whittle away some of the personalities the guys that they're gonna you know call shit in the house then they kept mm-hmm. they, they lose and you're like well shit we can't put that guy in the house anymore so they had to get away with that but i i enjoyed <laughs> the seasons i enjoyed the seasons where you had to like fight your way in like it's a fight competition like you got to fight your way into the show yeah it's kind of a cool idea but at the same time i mean you know they can kind of manipulate those matchups a little bit too right and sometimes guys that are really good and you know, maybe they had a bad day or, you know, got a bad matchup or something, you know, I think there's a a lot of aspects to that. And, you know, you don't want to get rid of guys that could have had a lot of potential, but, you know, just couldn't win that fight for whatever reason. Yeah, dude. I, it's so funny. Like, obviously you're, you you know, you got a family now and stuff and like, you're a much different person from where you were back at the all. Cause I remember, obviously we talked like, right. Like, I think right after that season started, we, we used to do podcast interviews or, or what it was called radio show interviews, in those days, but like, dude, the no, the dude I know now is Matt Brown. Like, it's so funny. Like, you would, you would, I, I have a feeling you would despise that entire experience now. <laughs> like, like, I can't picture you knowing you as well as I do now. I can't picture you doing that like voluntarily. Like, now, granted, that was a lot different time in your life. You're a lot younger. You didn't have kids, things yeah. like that. So I understand all that. But like, knowing you now, I didn't know you as well back then. Knowing you now, I'm like, dude, they're like that would be like that would be like my nightmare being like in a situation like that <laughs> there's pros and cons I, I tell you that so the fact that you get locked away and only have to train get all your food fed to you get a place to sleep and that's fucking great man i love that the fact that you have to live with 16 other dudes or, or <laughs> well 15 other guys and train with them and deal with them at nighttime and morning time and <laughs> like that's not cool <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, the, the, I would definitely not handle that as well as I did back in the day. Yeah, dude, you've done so much in your career. And we, I, you always mention, you know, obviously tied for the all-time record of uh, KOs in the UFC, tons of fight performance bonuses, tons of memorable fights. But I every now and like, it never fails. Someone will inevitably bring up the Jeremy May situation with you. Like that will never go away. Like you and that now that is the power of the old Ultimate Fighter. I feel like that's gone away now yeah. because people just don't watch it as much anymore. Like it used to feel like appointment viewing. If you're a UFC fan, you had to watch the Ultimate Fighter. And dude, there's not. I'm not kidding. I know you probably see it more than I do. Obviously, but like. At some point, someone will inevitably bring up the Jeremy May thing and put in lemon juice in your dip. And it's so funny. It's been so many years since then. You've accomplished so much since then. But that is the power of that show that like people will still yeah. bring that up to this day. No, that's exactly right. And I'll, I'll, a little bit of backstory on that. So there was a lot more to that than what they showed on the screen, right? Because they edit the hell out of everything. What they didn't show was at first that was like, maybe a week and a half into the show. So like someone messing with me straight away a week and a half in, I'm like, bro, like I'm not going to be the sheep up with all these fucking wolves. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that was probably like the first prank that was done, you know, and and Jeremy May was that guy trying to make his name being a prankster, not trying to, you know, go in there and be the champion of the show or anything like that's kind of his uh, forte, right? He was, he's trying to, get on camera by doing pranks. Right. So he picked me first and I'd already had a little bit of interaction with him and he kind of rubbed me the wrong way already. So I already kind of tried to avoid him a little bit. And then our team was uh, fighting uh, like the day that that happened or the day before or the day after, I mean, I'm sorry. 
And if we had, if we win, like we get to pick the next one. So me and Forrest had already talked and I was going to pick Jeremy May to fight. So he's already on my radar. And we, we had a really good chance of winning that fight. You know, so, you know, we had a good matchup and I was pretty confident we were going to fight. So I'm already confident I'm going to be fighting this guy in like four days. So he's already, you know, on my mindset. And then he played the price. So he just picked the wrong time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I'm like, yeah. So there's, like I said, there's always like a little bit more behind the scenes than what they show on the camera. Cause they just edit it to make it look like, you know, you have no idea what the timeline is there. Um, and the other part of that too, is after I got off the show, like you said, every one of my friends put lemon juice in my dip. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like we were, but it didn't piss me off at all. Right. Like I'm joking around with them, you know, I, I throw the dip out, whatever, you know? And you know, it, when your friend does it, it's one thing. When it's a guy you're living with in a house that you have to fight in a few days, it's a completely different thing. So anyway, um, yeah, that was, that was about it, man. It was just, he's just a douchebag anyway. <laughs> like, so he just brought me the wrong way. And, um, yeah, I think it's, that's about it, man. He's just, so you were, you were already, yeah. you were already thinking about fighting him before he even did the dip thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like I said, well, for your friends does it, you know, it's it's just a funny thing, right? Uh, fortunately, I've quit dipping since then. So, <laughs> thank God, got my you know teeth are staying clean and hygienic. <laughs> kiss more girls or whatever now. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's much better. Yeah, it's so funny though because like that, like I said, that still gets brought up to this day. Like without fail, it still gets oh, brought yeah. up. When you oh, and when yeah. you do like you do like generic interviews sometimes with like the big media outlets, you know what I mean? Like not ESPN, but like you know whatever. Like when you know sometimes when you do like media rounds, I know they still bring it up. I see it. I see they oh, ask yeah. the question. Like they never, it never fails. They still bring it up. And it's but that, we were, like I we said, were, we were just talking before the uh, before we start recording about Sonic Temple this weekend. There's people that walk up to it, hey dude, like. You got that dip with Slim Jeans? <laughs> yeah, it's all the drunk people at this concert festival, and it's like, it's like, yeah, bro, real funny. I never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah. Now you've had you've had a lot of uh, knockouts, a lot of wins over your career, and I know they're all, you know, they're all every win is special in some way, right? Like you know, no matter what's going on, does that one rank? Like I don't know, you rank your knockouts, but like, is that one of the more satisfying wins? <laughs> Just the fact that you got to go out there and beat that dude, because uh, like that is, like I said, like it. He was already kind of annoying, but like, cause that's that you're in closer proximity. Like we, I joked when you booked the fight with Court McGee. I joked because Court, you you said this too. Like Court's a nice guy. Like Court's a super nice guy. And I joke, I was like, oh, we should get him on the podcast. You're like, well, let's not go that far. Like I don't want to interact <laughs> with the fucking guy before we fight. But like that's typically it, right? Like you don't, you're not hanging out with your opponent. You know, two days before you fight him, like you're literally living next to this dude. You know, like not that you yeah. guys are roommates, but you guys are like living on top of each other. And you got to see him like all that time. Like I, ma- I gotta imagine it's a little more satisfying to fucking get rid of that dude. Yeah, it was definitely satisfying. I don't know <laughs> if I would say it was my most satisfying because it, it wasn't like a a tough fight really. Like I knew he wasn't that great of a fighter. I knew that I was probably going to do that to him. I knew he didn't have a great gas tank. So in that sense, it wasn't quite as satisfying. If I didn't do that to him. Yeah, that would be a huge letdown. You know what I mean? Like he pretty much it was either that or nothing, right? So um I wouldn't say it was the most satisfying. Um now that to to add to that though, that fight being the 
he did that. And, you know, well, you remember the fight. Like, I, you know, Forrest Griffin yelling, screaming in the corner at the top of his lungs, like, let out Thanos. Blah, blah. Dude, I got more nervous for that fight than I'd probably <laughs> been. I don't remember how long. Like, and it showed through in the fight. Like, I did not perform well at all in the fight because all of a sudden now I got this pressure of, you know, this dude's been fucking with me. And of course, you know, every fighter, every fight on the ultimate fighter is a huge pressure fight. You know, it could be your last one every time then you're out of the fucking house or whatever. And that sucks. Um, and you know, he was a douchebag and I'm better than him. Like you're always more nervous when you're supposed to win. Right. So, you know, all those things added up. And, uh, in that sense, it was satisfying that I still was able to get it done, even though I had way too much, uh, unnecessary pressure on myself. Yeah. Whatever happened to Jeremy May? Did he still fight? I don't um, know. What happened I know he went up to heavyweight. I seen him on a bus one time at a UFC. I'm not sure what he was doing there. I don't remember, but, uh, you know, we said hi or whatever, you know, we were kind of cordial and, um, you know, let bygones be bygones, whatever. But, um, I know he was heavyweight. Like I didn't even recognize him at first. He was gigantic. <laughs> Jeez. Do you I, do, like, it's so funny. Like I remember bits and pieces of your season. Like I think I, I remember bits and pieces of all the seasons. Do you still talk to anyone from your season? Oh yeah, man. Um, um, Jesse, Jesse Taylor. Jesse Taylor. Yeah. I know you, yeah, I know yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I knew you and Jesse were buddies. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I love JT, man. You know, he's a, he's a fucking cartoon character through and through, but he is a really good guy and a very talented fighter. Um, I kind of vaguely keep in touch with Tim Crater. Like we talk on Instagram every now and then. I love that dude. He's a great guy. Uh, Matt Riddle, I kept in touch with for a long time. Now he's kind of blown up on the WWE circuit. So he's pretty busy, but I haven't talked to him in a while. Uh, but like his ex-wife and my ex-wife kind of were friends when we were both still married. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I've kept in touch with those guys. Dante Rivera, I've kept in uh, vague touch with. Um, I know he's got some fighters coming out of his gym. I actually, I think one of my guys either, I don't know if they ever took the fight or not, but he was supposed to fight one of Dante's guys. So we potentially been cornering up against each other. Um, I, I think the fight fell through or something happened, but that was up at the, up in uh, CFFC. Okay. Up in New Jersey. Um, or Philly. I forget which one, but um, so I think uh, I sent him a message like, Hey bro, I'm on corner with you. What's up? You know, stuff like that. Um who else? I think uh, me and Amir actually kept in, in in contact for a long time. We trained together for a long time, and then he kind of just fell off the face of the planet altogether. Like just kind of, um, he's doing a completely different job from last I heard. Doesn't go into the gym at all. Doesn't train at all or anything. Uh, but we kept in touch for a long time. Trained together for a long, uh, for a lot, and uh, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Amir Sadal has got to be one of the weirdest ultimate fighter things ever because the dude came in with what he had like one fight or two fights on his record, yeah, or something crazy yeah. like that. He goes all the way to win the show. And then like, he was just, he had such a weird career, right? Like, yeah, like it, he went in and like, he looked good, but then he was just so inexperienced, you know what I mean? Like he just had no experience. And then I think, I remember he leave, I left the UFC and I don't remember like, I don't know if he ever fought again. Like I'd have to look at his record, but like, he just, like but you he, said, he just kind of like disappeared. Yeah, I think it was after he lost to Dwayne Ludwig, and it might have he might have fought after that, but I know he lost to Dwayne and just kind of uh, completely disappeared, man. Just completely fell off the mat. And like you said, he was a huge underdog coming in. Like every single fight, he was the underdog, and ended up losing to who was probably the uh, favorite to win the whole thing, which was CB Dalloway. And uh, I keep in touch with CB a little bit. I actually went out to uh, uh, his gym 
God, I forget the freaking name of it. Power in May. But yeah. Uh, went out there a few years ago and was talking about uh moving out there and training with them. And um yeah, man, Amir was definitely like one of the most talented guys. Um, and he showed it on the show, you know, and he was very underrated. Um, but you know, he just didn't have that fighter mentality in him. You know, what I mean, he just he didn't he was a a, a warrior at heart, but you know, in terms of like going to the gym every day and busting you know, heads and grinding through it all. He just, I don't think he really enjoyed that process. You know, even though he did it and he went through it, I don't think he enjoyed it or got a lot of fulfillment out of it. So um, I think he's more of just like an artistic type or something. Yeah. And yeah, I wonder what he's, I wonder what he's doing now. Like he's off the grid. So I don't know. I assume he's just got like a regular nine to five job. There's certainly nothing wrong with that, yeah. obviously, but I wonder what happened. I, Cause I used to talk to him back in the day. Like we did interviews and stuff. He's an incredibly nice guy. And yeah. uh, you know, he, he was super talented. Like he was a super talented dude, but he just didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of experience. And you kind of saw that, like, as he got into more fights in the UFC, like he just, you know, again, you're going to run into more roadblocks. And it felt like he just was, he was progressing a little slower, you know, yes, such a kind of like a young fighter age, and you know, kind of a bum. But yeah, I don't know what ever happened to him. Like I said, we talked, we used to talk, and I think once he left the UFC, like he just kind of like faded yeah, like into he his own. Is some sort of nine to five. I forget exactly what it is he's doing, like engineering or art or some architecture or some shit like that. But yeah, that's that's exactly right. I mean, he had tons of talent, and uh, when he, I think when he won the Ultimate Fighter, like he beat you know really good guys and really bad matchups for him, Gerald Harris and. Uh, CB Dalloway and you know he was just beating these guys so I think when they, he got off the show they were like dude this guy's sky's the limit you know yeah. like he's beating these guys that are far more experienced far uh, better wrestlers far better fighters than him and he's just walking right through them and um, you know I think kind of the truth just kind of came out over time right like you know he kind of got exposed for his inexperience and you know, I think he just kind of wasn't willing to really take that road to catch back up, you know? Yeah. It's funny because I mentioned like nowadays, like when guys or girls win the ultimate fighter, like we just don't really remember them. Like the, the last two winners, like I, and the reason I know they won is because I interviewed both of them, but like Muhammad Usman won, he was Kamara's brother. He won and he fought on like a prelim of some like random card. And then Juliana Miller fought over in the London card. And she was like the opening fight of the night. Dude, you remember like when your season was around, like when you were an ultimate fighter, like you got, you got good placement on cards. Like they were, it was a big deal to come out that show. And, and they kind of like, it made a bit of a star. You like, I think I, I'd imagine you don't regret doing it because I really launched your career, but it's different nowadays. Like, dude, I couldn't, I, like, I couldn't tell you, anyone off these last like 10 seasons and it's not i'm not even saying watching the show i'm just saying like watching them go into the ufc they always get mentioned as an ultimate fighter winner or whatever dude i couldn't like i have no idea like that it doesn't like it the show doesn't do for you now what it did back in your day like because everybody you mentioned went on to do something pretty much you know what i mean they went on to do Absolutely. something in their career these days it just seems like and even the winners like you don't even know who they are anymore like i don't even i couldn't even begin to tell you, you said hey ultimate fighter 27 who won i'm like i have no fucking clue like i have no idea who right. it was like i've never even heard the name juliana Milley, miller before like, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. like i guess she won the ultimate fighter but yeah like you said just don't watch it anymore it's just it doesn't bring that same interest and i know they're trying to bring it back and bring that interest with Conor McGregor fighting Michael Chandler and you look I might watch a couple episodes or something because that might be interesting but also the other part of that too is I don't watch TV episodes of anything yeah I I can't think of a single show like if a show you know say like Yellowstone which I haven't watched but you know take that for instance like everybody's going to tell you it's great 
and then you can go back and watch it. Right. Like, yeah. Why would you watch anything live now and take that risk when, you know, there's a million other things to watch. So I think that's what kind of makes it difficult too. Like, I don't know who watches live TV anymore. Yeah. I'm sure there's, a, I'm sure there's a group of people, you know, maybe, uh, you know, 60 year old people or something, <clears> you know, watch live TV, but like, I don't know what the point of even watching live TV is these days. Yeah, I love, obviously, I love mixed martial arts. Like, I absolutely love the sport. I follow the sport. I study the sport. You know, I like to watch tape and things like that. But, dude, I just have no interest in watching a fight reality show. Like, it just doesn't. Like, it, sure. it was it, it was special back in the day. Like, when you're, like, up, like I said, up to about season 10, when they got Kimbo on there, that was kind of cool. Like, oh, Kimbo's going to be on cool, there. Yeah. But, like, after that, it just kind of, like, they all blended together, and one season was the next. Like, even when they got, like, good coaches, it just didn't really, like, you know, interest well, me all that also much. The, the fact that there's so many um, notable promotions these days too. So like, if you're just going to watch the ultimate fighter to see the fights, right. I mean, I don't think any of us ever been into the drama part. Like I don't watch any reality show. I never have in my life to watch the drama, but I would occasionally watch it for a fight. Right. Just yeah. cause it's like, you know, it's on like a Wednesday night. Oh, there's a fucking fight on, but bro, like I can watch LFA. I can watch CFFC. I can watch, Bellator, Pride, or not Pride, Ryzen, or, you know, you know, there's a million fights, or one, FC, right? There's a million fights every weekend now. Yeah. Right? It almost, like, I have a channel on my TV that's literally fights 24-7. So, <laughs> so, like, if I don't know who the fighters are, and I got the option between, you know, some reality show to watch a fight, and I have to watch all this drama to finally get to a fight... Versus I could literally just flip on a, a channel or go on YouTube or whatever and watch a fight. Of course, it's like, why wouldn't you choose that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like you got in at the good time. You got in at the right time to do the ultimate fighter. And it, and like you said, it still follows you in a good way. Like people remember you from that show. People still remember your season. They remember the stupid prank, things like that, but it's just not the same anymore. And I think that's like anything I mean, dude, when you do it 31 times, dude, it's going to lose how special it is. Like, remember, yeah. remember, like I never, I've never watched the show. I'm, I'm not stating that. Like I'm embarrassed. Like I've never watched the show, but like, do you remember when survivor first started, dude, it was fucking everywhere. Like you could not like the, 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 it was like part of pop culture, right? Like everyone talked about it. And I think it's still going on. I think they're in like a season 100 or whatever. And I haven't heard anyone talk about that oh, wow. show in like fucking 10 years. But I remember when it started, everyone talked about it. It was like this big, yeah. huge deal. And now, like, it's been going on forever. And like, it's just, you know, like no one. And that's kind of like what the Ultimate Fighter is to me now. Like, I get it. I'm glad guys still get the UFC from it and you know, whatever, yep. but like they're trying to revive it with like getting Connor on there. I'm just like, dude, I like Connor. Connor's entertaining. Connor's a super entertaining dude. And he's going to say something crazy and him and Chandler are probably going to get in some kind of weird fight, but I just don't care, man. Like I'll watch the clip on Twitter or something. Like I have no desire to tune in. Like you said, 10 o'clock on a fucking Wednesday night or Tuesday night, whatever it is to watch. Like it just, no, nah, you show me a highlight. Well, it was a cool the, knockout well, or something. Well, that's the other thing too, is we can not watch, but we can let some nerd in his basement watch and record it <laughs> and edit out the fun stuff and post it on social media so he can get the likes and we don't have to do any of the work and we get to see the only parts worth seeing. Yeah. Like I remember when Uriah Hall knocked out that dude with the spinning back kick and everyone talked about that. I was like, I saw the highlight. I don't need to see the rest of the episode. I saw the highlight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, yeah so I let the nerds in the basement do their work so that I can stay, um, stay on my grind and stay out of the basement. 
You know what would have been cool, though? And I know it's like I'm saying this kind of like sadly because obviously it sounds like uh, when he fights in July, he's going to retire as Robbie Lawler. Dude, it would have been cool you and Robbie to be coaches on the show. Like, that would have been kind of cool. Like, not go back and, like, actually be on the show, but, like, you and Robbie being coaches. Like, that to me would be far more interesting than, like, some of the stupid rivalries they try to build up and just get crazy shit. Like, I think it'd be fun, like, two veterans, like you and Robbie, like, that would have been cool. Like, I, that would have been a season I would have actually been interested in. Connor, I know what, I mean, it's not that I'm, I have a problem with Connor. It's not, that's just, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be fucking stupid, you know, pranks, and, you know, he's going to get pissed off, and, you know, I'm here to rule the yeah. world, whatever. It's just, you know, I know it's expect, like, it'd be cool, like, or, you know, like I said, like, I think it'd be fun, like, if they would have done, like, when Shogun... Like, they did talk about Shogun having one last fight, and I know Machida had said, like, he would come back and fight Shogun. Like, Shogun Machida, let them be coaches for a season. Like, that'd be yeah. fun. Like, that'd be something to be kind of cool and different. Dude, I, I, that's a, I think that's a really cool idea, man. And I think, you know, a lot of the more hardcore fans would get into something like that where it's like, you know, let's get two authentic, real guys on there. Like, you know, like, you know, Connor's going to play it up, right? Like, he, yeah. you know, Chandler's going to play right into it. He's going to love it too, right? He loves that shit. You know, so, you know, Connor's going to, you know, he's, we already seen, he pushes him, you know, it's like, oh, wow, real shocker there. Right? <laughs> like, you know, he's going to, you know, and like I said, we can go, we'll go on the internet, we'll go on social media, and we'll see the clips of the hilarious shit that they say, but I'm not going to, you know, set my clock so that I show up at seven o'clock at night on a Wednesday or Thursday or whatever it is so that I can be in front of the TV to hear what he says. Now I'll scroll through social media for five minutes and see everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity— but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. V-A-N-29.com. Uh, over the weekend, did you see the big boxing match that got made? Uh, I did not. Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, official. Oh, yes, I did see that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> finally I happening. Thought... It's finally freaking yeah, happening. 
Yes, that's an amazing match right there, man. You're talking about like a throwback to the 80s, man, with like Sugar Ray Leonard and uh, Tommy Hitman Hearns, you know? like Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are two of the best of the best and the best points of their career. Uh, the only question is about, you know, Errol Spence, right? Because he had the accident and everything, so him coming yeah. back. But I think he's going to be perfectly fine. I don't think it's going to be a problem. Are you a Crawford or a Spence guy? Like, do you? I, I'm not even picking the fight, but like, Debbie, I assume you follow one more than the other. Like, I, you know me, I'm not as much of a boxing fan as you are, but I kind of, I knew, I knew somebody had introduced me when he first started was Errol Spence. They're like, hey, you got to watch this kid, Errol Spence. And then, like, a guy I know who does management, he started working with him on sponsorships. And so I started paying more attention to this because I've kind of followed Errol, Errol Spence's entire career. So I'm kind of a little bit like, you know, I'm kind of an Errol Spence fan. Nothing against Terrence Crawford, obviously. He's an incredible fighter. But I've kind of followed him. So, like, I'm leaning. Like, I kind of hope Errol pulls it off. Although I think, honestly, I'd probably lean towards Terrence Crawford winning. I think, you know, but I know it's weird. Like, they pulled it off. I was wondering if they're going to do it before these guys start getting to a point where we're getting diminishing returns. Like, I feel like we I, – I honestly feel like we got Floyd and Pacquiao, like, two years too late. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it would happen like a couple years before that would have been better. Like, I'm still glad we got to see it and, you know, it was iconic, whatever. But, like, I wish we got to see it like two years before it happened. And, like, this one was teetering on that where I'm like, dude, we, this needed to happen like a year ago, year and a half ago or, you know, whatever. But at least we're going to get to see it. Yeah, I could agree more. And I guess if I would have a leaning towards one or the other in, in terms of guys that I followed and, uh, it's definitely been like more Crawford. I think he's just had the more high profile fights. He's just yeah. kind of been out there in the news and media and stuff a lot more. And he actually came when I was coaching the ultimate fighter with TJ, he came to the uh, show one day and hung out. I don't think he did any teaching or anything, but just kind of hung out. I think like TJ's friends with them or their management or something to set it up or whatever. But, um, you know, very, very cool guy. And, um, yeah, so I'm very interested to see this fight. And I think it's a, just a amazing matchup, probably the best matchup, um, high profile matchup in boxing since Mayweather Pacquiao, like you said, you know, um, I wish that would have happened two years earlier. Also maybe five years earlier here. Right? I'm not sure if the, the actual outcome would have been a different or not, but that's all hypothetical. We'll never know. But um, yeah, I mean, I lean probably slightly towards Crawford personally, when I think about the picks without, you know, breaking it down and studying it too much only because of Crawford's like versatility. And like, he's just shown, a way to pick up kind of what you're doing and uh, throughout a fight and do so, like gets better as the fight goes on and kind of learns your habits and stuff as the fight goes on. And, um, but, you know, I do think Errol's going to be quicker and I think Errol's going to probably have a better pop than Crawford. So it's definitely going to be a freaking interesting match, man. I'm glad I always love when we see fights that are made when these like guys are actually in the same weight class, like one guy's not going up or going down yeah. and it's a big fight. Like right now where we're at with like, we saw Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia and, and we saw obviously Devin Haney and, and Lomachenko and we got Shakur Stevenson out there. Like they all, obviously we know Ryan Garcia is going up and things like that, but they're all like, as of the time they're fighting, they're all in the same weight class. Like it's kind of fun knowing Crawford and Spence, same weight, same, you know, they're the same, you know, level. One guy's not going up 10 pounds or going down 10 pounds or yeah you know, it's all even playing field um and it's a rare thing while that's happening i'm sure you've also seen matt in the world of boxing like tyson fury looks like like Usyk. the Usyk fight's not happening Usyk's gonna fight daniel dubois i guess is what's gonna happen now they're trying to do now it looks like it's gonna be tyson fury anthony joshua like dude like it's like i was i was actually like i was legitimately excited 
for Fury and Usyk. Like that was a it really is. interesting matchup for me. And now it's not how like, I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's like, man, this is where this is where boxing loses me a little bit. Like when we miss out on this, because it's like it was so it was right there. It was right there, and they're not gonna make it. Yeah, it sucks to hear, but you know, in real reality, look, Fury Joshua is the money fight, right? And over in the UK, that sells. I mean, Joshua could fight anybody and sell ninety thousand tickets, right? Like that's a this is a huge, huge money fight. So I get why they're doing it and why it's kind of working out the way it's working out. But man, I'm with you, bro. I want to see Usyk Fury. I want I want to see how this actually goes down. I think Usyk has a better chance than people are giving him credit for. Well, I'm not even sure people are not giving him credit. You know, like he has a legit chance of winning that fight. And I think he's the only real threat to Fury. So, you know, it sucks to see them not fighting. I think I think Fury is going to style on Joshua. I think that's not even going to yeah, be a close fight. Yeah. Like, John, did you see Joshua's last fight? Mm-hmm. He looked yep. awful. He looked, he did not yeah, look good enough. Like he, he had some things he did better than he had done before. Like he just, I think he put a lot more emphasis on his jab. You know, and I think that was kind of why he probably looked a little less because he wasn't like, um, you know, kind of brawling as much. And he had a, a good looking jab. I thought he did very well in that in that sense. But it was a you know you have to keep in mind that was also a fight meant for him to win, right? It was yeah. a, you know well that's fight why for him. and maybe maybe I'm grading him on that scale because he was supposed to win. He just he didn't look like you know like that's a dude like I feel like Anthony Joshua should have dispatched that guy. And it was just kind of like, okay, yeah, he won, but you know, like it wasn't anything like memorable. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like, cause I, I listen, I'm guilty as everyone. Like when he came out, I'm like, man, this is going to be the guy, like it's going to be him and fury and it's going to be epic, you know, clash two great British boxers. And then obviously, you know, he lost and, and, you know, and he just, I don't know. It's just, I don't know if he's ever going to quite develop to the guy that maybe we all thought he would be. Um, I think Fury's going to style on him though. I just don't, you know, I mean, it'll be a big fight. Of course I'll watch, but, um, yeah, just like I said, Usyk, and then you got Deontay Wilder out there. But yeah, just like man, it's like I wanted to see Usyk and Fury. That was the one. Yeah, same here. And I, yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think Joshua has reached his peak. You know, I don't think he's going to beat the uh, these you know top two three guys. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Joshua and Usyk. I think that would be a great fight, also. But uh, you know, like I'm with you, man. Like Fury is going to make him look pretty bad. You know, <laughs> it's it'll probably be Joshua's last fight, if you ask me. I think he'd get that payday and. He's like, yeah, be done with it. Yeah. So now, right now, it looks like most of the heavyweight guys, Deontay Wilder's still out there, but we don't know for sure because I know Deontay Wilder was circling that Anthony Joshua fight as well. And maybe this works out for the better of of, of my next question, real quick is. Francis Ngannou seems to be like the odd man out now because he was betting big on doing a big boxing match. And I know he said maybe he'll do like a warm up boxing match, like an early boxing match, and then do like the big one. Um, but it, I don't know. It feels like people have kind of like there was it, there was genuine interest, even though it would have been a mismatch, and we know it would have been a mismatch. There was genuine interest for a little while about about Ngannou fighting Fury, even though again we know Fury would have been a massive favorite, and he would have won. I mean, it's you know Mayweather McGregor all over again. But there was interest, like when he was champ and riding on after he knocked out Stipe, he was riding high and all that kind of stuff. Am I wrong? I think it's just kind of gone away a little bit, though. Like, it just feels like, because, like, Joshua said, like, it's a gimmick fight. He's not into it. I know Wilder said he would be into it. I don't know. Maybe maybe Wilder's like, I can get a big payday. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, it just feels like, I don't know. Did, did Francis kind of miss the boat a little bit on the boxing thing? Like, it doesn't seem like the interest mm-hmm. is as much there as it was. I don't know. Maybe there are negotiations with Wilder, because I haven't heard nothing about Wilder either. Yeah. 
I know Wilder exactly. was talking about right. Wilder was talking about doing the fight with Joshua, and now it looks like Fury wants to do the fight with Joshua. So yeah. I guess it's like the Joshua sweepstakes there. <laughs> yeah, there's that, and uh, you know the thing with Fury is like I get the feeling he's probably not the easiest guy to do business with probably, yeah. his team, right? Like he like he kind of just flies by the seat of his pants. I think I mean he's the Gypsy King, right? He's a fucking Gypsy. He's like he just makes shit up as he goes along, so. Um, getting fights done with him and he's the a side now he's in control of everything so uh, i think that makes it kind of interesting with the negotiations and everything uh but i'm uh, yeah i want to see Engano get in there man if he's going to do it like let's see it and wilder's the one we want to see right two of the biggest punchers in fucking sports let's go let's see I, I said that when everyone was talking about the fury fight i said from the very beginning wilder's the fight like that was the fight for francis yeah. because listen I still think Deontay Wilder wins. I mean, I just, you know, I, I just think, you know, even though Deontay Wilder's not the most skilled heavyweight in the world, he's still a guy who's got 40 whatever heavyweight fights. He's fought Tyson Fury. Like, you know, he's been in there with the best guys in the world. But just that nuclear power against nuclear power. And, like, yeah. and, and again, the fight may last like one round, two rounds maybe, but it's going to be fun for that one or two rounds just watching those freaking massive dudes swing at each other and it might work out that way now like wilder seems like he's kind of the odd man out right now Usyk fighting dubois and, and it looks like joshua and fury maybe wilder does get that fight with Ngannou. and like i said that's the one that was always the one because at least like i again i still don't think Ngannou wins it's nothing against francis but i mean you know again there's just we can't disrespect boxing enough to say that francis could come in there day one and, and legitimately beat but He's got a small. He's got a shot. It may be a small shot, he's but he's got shot. a shot yeah, against yeah. Wilder. I don't know. That he, I don't know. That, I don't know that he would have that shot. Well, I know he wouldn't have that shot against Fury. You know, Usyk. The only plant chance he would have is if he just like just bum rushes him because Usyk's a smaller guy. And as much as Joshua hasn't looked great recently, you know, he ain't beating Anthony Joshua. Like that's just not you know boxing versus boxing. That's not fair. But maybe he can uncork some wild right hand and catch catch Wilder. You never know. Well, Wilder would certainly leave himself more open to get hit. That's a, the one certain that we know. And uh, Wilder's a better boxer than people give him credit for, but he still relies on his athleticism. Francis obviously like relies on his athleticism. And like you said, two nuclear bombs coming together. Somebody's getting knocked out. Or you're going to have two guys that, you know, in the sixth round putting their hands on their knees, looking <laughs> at each other. So, it's going to be one or the other, I think. Yeah, I think that's like if you're looking at any big heavyweight boxing match in in the world, because you know, like I said, I mean, even because heavyweight's not the deepest division, but there are other good guys out there. But like, there's just there's not going to be interest in him fighting like the lower ranked guys. Like, it's just no one's really going to care that much to see him fight. Like, I'm trying to think of names, right? Like, that's how bad I would like yeah, that. Really yeah, yeah, like they're not. No one's going to be like that excited about it. who was the guy that Fury knocked out for like the fourth time in his last fight. Who was that that he beat? Was that Stavern or who was that? Uh, I don't remember. It, like that, no one's gonna care about. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be one of the big three. You know, what I mean? it's and and that's not a knock on Usyk. Usyk's just not a big name. But like it's got to be Joshua Wilder or Fury. And Fury is the worst. I think Joshua would be second. But Wilder again. I'm not saying he wins because I don't think no. he does. But Wilder does get a little wild and he does throw yeah. big punches. And Ngannou's got massive power. And there's a ch he has a chance. And the, the only thing I might disagree a little bit there is that he probably has a better chance against Joshua, I think, that people give him credit for. I think Joshua is a 10 times better boxer, has the experience, but he's a little chinny. And he, he, does, not like, he does not like getting hit. 
that is his flaw that he's dealt with for a long time. Like he does not like getting hit. And if Francis actually shows him that power, you know, even touches his gloves hard or something, Joshua might start, you know, cowering down a little bit. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't, that probably comes across like I'm putting him down or something. Like he's a absolutely amazing fighter and I have utmost respect for him, but that's certainly the knock on him, right. Is his chin and his ability to take shots. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, a, maybe that's why he's like, uh, maybe he, you know, cause not that Fury doesn't have knockout power. Fury absolutely does have knockout power, but Fury's the guy who will kill you death by a thousand cuts and then he'll knock you yeah. out. Like he'll, 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 he'll tag you, tag you, tag you, tag you, and then he'll finally hit you with one to put you away. Fury just needs, or excuse me, Wilder just needs one. He doesn't need two or two or three. He needs one glancing blow and your head's in the third row. And you wonder, like, maybe Joshua's like, yeah, it's probably a bigger payday, a little, a little bit less risk to fight a guy like, uh, like Fury. I mean, I still but think it's just Fury a wins. Much larger payday overall, right? And, yeah. And the risk reward is so much bigger and better for Tyson. But if you were you putting, know, you lose to Tyson, you lost to a great heavyweight. Uh, you lose to Wilder. It's like, okay, you're pretty far. <clears throat> you, you know, you're down with the regular guys now. <laughs> Sorry. You know, if if he was to somehow beat Tyson, I mean, that's you know, now you're the guy. Yeah. So you'd rank it. So, but of all the guys, like if you look at the three main heavyweight guys, who would Ngannou have the best chance against? I think it is Wilder just because they, they're going to throw bombs and it may last a round and a half. And Francis, Francis could just as easily end up face first on the canvas because Wilder tags him. That's a, that's a, that's a level of power that Ngannou has not fought before. I mean, let's be honest. He's right. never fought a guy with that kind of power anywhere in the UFC. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, you know, the tough thing when you make all these calls is like, we've never seen Francis box. Yeah, that's you know, true. Yeah. We know what he can do in MMA, but you know, boxing is like a very, very different beast. So, you know, it's hard to say he's got a chance against anybody until we see him box and he could surprise us or he could, you know, prove us right that he doesn't have a chance against these guys. So it's just, it, I think it's very, very far up in the air, man. And that's why, you know, even when Connor fought, fought Floyd, I mean, I, of course I didn't give him a chance, but I was like, dude, we've never seen him box. Like he might pull some shit out that we've never <laughs> seen, but I'm not going to bet my money on that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm not going to bet that he could do something that Pacquiao can't do. I just like, I think if you're Fran, cause I know Francis said like maybe doing a warm up fight. Like if I'm Francis, dude, don't warm up, dude, go in there, get the big payday, like get Saudi Arabia to plunk down $50 million for you and Wilder or you and John, whoever it is. Uh, and do it first because while yes, you would get some experience, but dude, you may face the number 30 ranked heavyweight who just has way more experience than you. And he just, you know, he just out jabs you for 12 rounds and you lose. Like right. you risk it all in that minute because the reality is, there are heavyweight boxers who are just, they're not great, but they're good enough that they could stay away from his power. And imagine how disastrous that would be if Francis goes out there and fights some guy we never heard of and he loses a 12 round or 10 round decision or whatever, and then it all goes away. Dude, get the payday, go fight Wilder, go fight Joshua, make the 50 million. And yeah, you, your chances of winning are slim, but at least you're going to get a massive payday. And you do, and again, just because it, it, all boxing skill aside, with the power he has, he at least has that small chance. He could rock, catch one of those guys, maybe a one in a million shot, but at least it's a one in a million shot. But do you want to risk fighting, you know, some 28 year old guy who's got, you know, 30 fights on his record and no one knows, but he just has real boxing experience? Because you and I both know, like, Connor, once we saw him against Floyd, we're like, okay, yeah, it was fun, but Connor's not beating. 
anyone of that, like, you know, in that, you know, he's just not there. Like, it's just the reality of the situation. Like, you know what I mean? Like, same thing, like, we talk about Jake Paul. Like, we like to talk about Jake Paul. Yeah, he's not bad. But he's not a, He's not going to be any legit 185-pound boxer. Right. Yeah, it's so strange. Like, only in boxing does this happen. I don't see anybody, you know, coming out of May being like, oh, I'm going to go beat Ryan, Gordon Ryan. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, no, you're not. Like, that's what they do. You know, yeah. and boxing is the same. Like, that's what they do. Like, what makes you think you're going to beat them at that? So, but, uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. He needs to go for the big payday and – uh, you know, it sounds like he kind of wants to be like a serious professional boxer, maybe. All right. If he's talking about doing like a warm up fight to get to it. And I guess that's kind of a different path, but like you said, now you're taking a risk, you know, maybe you're not that good. You don't know. Like you haven't fucking boxed, bro. You weren't in the Olympics. You didn't do an amateur career. We don't, you don't fucking know. And when you don't know, go for the payday. Yeah, dude, go for why whoever ends up being the odd man out of this whole thing, if they end up doing Wilder and Joshua or they end up doing Fury and Joshua, whoever's the odd man out, go for that fight. That's my advice. Like, go for that yeah. fight, get paid. And again, like you said, I don't think he beats Joshua. I don't think he beats Fury, and I don't think he beats Wilder. But he has a he has at least a puncher's chance against Joshua. He has a puncher's chance against Wilder. I don't really think he has a great chance of doing anything to Fury, if I'm being honest. Um, but at least you got a chance convince people of that let saudi arabia or somebody plunk down 50 60 million dollars get your payday take your shot you know take your shot because like i said dude it's it's a hard road to get to that legitimately like it's a long road and and francis is like 36 too let's not forget that like he's not a young guy he's not putting together he's not putting together an amateur career and like he's not gonna he's not gonna put together an amateur career and go fight these guys like three or four years from now like strike while the iron's hot yeah, that's old in boxing years, bro. 36, even for heavyweights, that's not a, you know, that's a tough uh, hill to climb right there, man. So, you know, like, like you said, go for the fucking payday, man. What are we doing here? Yeah. Go fucking around, bro. Go get the payday, you know, and be done with it. Yeah, and take your shot. You never know. Like I said, you may not win, yeah. but at least you took your shot. Like I said, maybe you, maybe you catch Joshua. Maybe you catch Wilder and shock the fucking world. But, you know, do it and make your money and then, you know, go do your MMA thing. And, and Joshua you know, is the one that, that really, in my opinion, probably makes the most sense. for If I'm if I'm in Gano and I'm chasing boxing, I go for Joshua. He's the lowest risk. Like, he's not a big knockout guy. Um uh, he, and like I said, he's probably the most chinny of all the guys. You know you're going to sell big in the UK. you know, And now you're probably going to sell big in America because it's Francis Ngato. So worldwide, you got a huge audience that's going to pay for that. Joshua's a big name with the lowest risk. That's the one I go for. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about Wilder. I mean, yeah, it's a big payday, at least in the U.S. I'm not sure how much overseas. I'm sure, you know, people still want to see it and everything. But it's a huge risk. Like, you know, if he hits you, you're getting fucking flatlined. Like, you're going to wake up in the hospital. So, you know, it's a much higher risk. You know, Fury is like, you know, he's going to outbox you and he's going to knock you out. Like, it's, you know, it's the biggest payday, but, you know, it's the least winnable fight. And, yeah, hell, it's the least winnable fight for all heavyweight boxers, period. So, yeah. Yeah. I, if I'm, you know, Usyk, you know, is a guy who can make you look really bad, too. You know, you can... You can certainly land that one, but he's going to make you look fucking terrible doing it. Even if you do get that one, you're going to look terrible on your way doing it. Like he yeah. will make you look bad. Um, 
even if it's a winnable fight, which I still don't really think it is. But that's why I think Joshua is the fight to go for if I'm uh, if I'm Francis Ngannou. I think you kind of convinced me. I was I was going for the Wilder fight just because the you know Wilder's not as skilled as a boxer, so I thought maybe you know. But now I kind of you're. I think I'm on board with you with the Joshua thing. Now that you mentioned that, like he's a little chinny, he's not a huge knockout guy. He gets a little crazy sometimes, and we saw what you know happened in his uh, was it Ortiz that knocked him out. You know, yeah, like we saw yeah. so. You know, yeah, I think you're right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say you've convinced me. I think Joshua's the one to go for. Um, and you know, like I said, get your payday and get in and get out and then go do your MMA thing. Cause like I said, you don't want to be the biggest payday too. To that's true. Joshua's like, a, Joshua's a star. Like, Joshua's a yeah. star. Like he's legitimately a star. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that before, but he's probably the biggest payday other than fury. Yeah. Which, like I, said, I, mean, I mean, just, you know, if I'm his management, I'm, I'm like, dude, let's just, let's stay away from fury. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, let Usyk or our, John, let's let these other guys fuck with Fury, you know, <laughs> like, like you know, maybe you win a couple or something. If he goes out and beats Joshua, then the Fury fight's gigantic. Yeah, right now, now you got a fucking worldwide pay per view on your hands that everybody wants to see. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You convinced me. You got me on board. You got me on board. I was all wilder, but now I think you got me on the Joshua train. That's and again, you mentioned star power. It's true. He's a star, a much bigger star than anyone else besides probably Fury. So yeah, it's true. It's a good good point. All right. We're going to get out of here and try to keep it short today because obviously it's a holiday. we got barbecues and stuff to do, so we want to record and knock out a quick show. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to talk UFC 289. Uh, Benil Dariush taking on Charles Oliveira. Amanda Nunez taking on Irene Aldana. Uh, so we'll break down some fights there and kind of the fallout. There is some uh, fights, UFC fights this week. And, of course, uh, Kai Kara France taking on Amir Albazi out at the Apex. I'm so over Apex shows, but it is an Apex show, so that's going on on Saturday. Uh, obviously, I always want to say a big thank you to everyone that tunes in. Matt, where can people check you out? Where can people support you? You know, man, social media, at I am the Immortal, Twitter and Instagram, at the Immortal Coffee. You know, we got the best coffee out there that Damon don't fuck with because he's not a <laughs> coffee guy. So one of these days we're going to change him um, once he tastes the power of immortal coffee. But that day is yet to be determined. Uh, we will get there, though. Yeah. In the meantime, check it out. The Immortal Coffee. Make coffee, not excuses. I like it. I like it. All right, folks, we're going to get out of here. Obviously, want to say a big thank you. As always, everyone that tunes in the show, make sure you check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Fighter versus The Rider. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.